All right, praise the Lord. Did you bring your Bibles? Um, that's a good thing. Um, if you turn to Ephesians 4, I just, this is, this is probably not a big shouter uh, message, but something that we need, and the Lord just kind of impressed on me a couple nights ago that this is what we needed to teach today. So it's more of a teaching. Amen. And uh, look at Ephesians 4.11. We're going to talk today about and preach on how to receive a ministry gift. Now, what do we mean by a ministry gift? Well, we're going to see what that is here in the Word. Sounds a little strange to some folks. It's maybe not been taught on this. Um, I thank God. One thing I thank God for Brother Hagen uh, was, was so strong was his constant teaching on ministry gifts and explaining the different offices and explaining how those offices functioned. Because, you know, before we just kind of ran through this and we thought, well, a pastor is somebody that has a church and an evangelist is somebody that screams and hollers and wears patent leather shoes and polyurethane hair. In, in the church of God, that's what they all looked like. They all, they, they shone with something. I mean, they had, uh, they had, uh, armor all on their shoes and on their head and on the Cadillac and everything was shiny and uh, walked the backs of the pews. I tried that a couple of times and then I had a, had an incident that I won't, uh, I'm, that I'm still un, in therapy for. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I stopped. Before I broke something. Um, and then, uh, you know, we had, uh, we, we didn't really know what prophets were and forget apostles. Who knows anything about them? So, you know, we just sort of like just left it there. But thank God for Brother Hagen, who spent a lot of time in his meetings and in ministry teaching us about these different gifts. And now we can recognize them and receive better from them. Amen. And then also, uh, uh, Scarlett and I were talking about this subject uh, yesterday, and she was remarking how uh, Dr. Fred Price in Los Angeles, how much that he taught on. He had said that he taught his congregation when they were going to have a special guest in. He taught them about that person's ministry at, to, so that they could open up and receive better. Amen? So, you know... Our main scripture is not going to be let the ignorant remain ignorant. That that seems to be some some group's uh, message. But we're not going to stay there. We're not going to just be ignorant if we can find out something better. Amen? So sometimes you might wonder why the body of Christ functions as it does and why things are the way they are. And uh, if you look at the Word of God, it um, will give us direction. Amen? All right. That's enough of all that. Now look at Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets. Everybody, obviously everybody's not an apostle. Everybody's not a prophet. And some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now you'll notice then that we have five offices as uh, that are uh, identified as ministry gifts. They are a gift from God to the body of Christ. Amen. And, uh, and, uh, we're gonna see what their function as a whole is. But 
oftentimes we just look at maybe a guest speaker uh, as a guest speaker. Oh, uh, well, we're having a guest speaker. It will be interesting to see what they have to say. It will be interesting to see maybe even how God uses them, but we don't really open up our hearts and receive like we could. And I'll tell you what, sometimes the results in the congregation will depend on what kind of a pull or faith demand there is from the congregation on that ministry gift. And, you know, most churches, I mean, even big ones, that people just are sitting there and kind of like shock absorbers, you know, just to take whatever is thrown out. And um, it can even be a little jaded. I mean, I've been around, you know, once a group ages a bit, the, the age of the group, not physical age, but how long that particular move of God's been going, whether it's Pentecostal or charismatic or word of faith or uh, on the edge or over the edge or whatever <laughs> group that you're with, amen, uh, there can be this jaded sort of attitude of I've seen it all, I've heard it all, I've been around, nothing can you can do can impress me, where they're literally sitting there with their arms folded like this and staring a hole through you. And I've preached in settings like that, and it's difficult to get anything going. Sometimes you just want to finish your notes and leave. Call the Uber before the service is over and get out of there. Because you just feel like that uh, there's just not any openness at all. So, here's one thing that has to happen. Is in any church, you've got to trust the pastor's uh, wisdom on who he gives the pulpit to. Because some people have the attitude of let anybody preach, let anybody sing, let anybody do anything, and you have a free-for-all, and before you know it, there's there's no quality control there. You don't know what is being put out there. Is this helping anybody at all? And so uh, we have to we have to guard this pulpit a little bit. Amen? And, uh, don't just, it's not, it's not a take a number who's next. Amen? So, you know, um, boy, we appreciate the Bollingers. You know, they, they preach here a lot. They sure has helped us out. Amen? And, uh, I'm gonna talk about them here in just a minute because they're an example of what I'm wanting to, to get over today about these offices. So one of the things that you need to do on these five offices, and we're going to see what they're for, but one of the things that you need to do is kind of identify when somebody gets up to preach, gets up to minister, and eventually you can identify what offices that they stand in. Sometimes it's plural. Sometimes it's they have a main office, and then they can also function in another one or two. I've never really seen anybody function in all five other than Jesus Christ himself. But, you know, we, sh- we we certainly, and God can temporarily put us in a position for that service, for that need to be met of something that we don't ever get used in again. So just because you had a pretty good word of knowledge sometime doesn't make you a prophet. Amen? Or just because, just because that you had an instant healing doesn't mean you're to get a tent and a truck and, and, and be a tent revival preacher. Amen? So God can use any of these offices and use anybody to step into these offices as he chooses. Amen. Amen. But 
you'll begin to identify what a person's main calling is. So here's what I want to say, is that when you've got a pastor, and in, in our in our case, we've got uh, a double team here, Sister Scarlett and I, <laughs> Dr. Scarlett and myself, you know, our office or the office of pastor, there's like the local office of the pastor in that church, amen, and even though it might be appointed by an ordaining committee or whatever, uh, I believe that the Lord has placed that office in the church and has placed whatever individuals are supposed to be there in that church. And even if we think otherwise, we have to respect that. Amen? Because I've seen churches, I'm sure some of you too have, where they've gotten up in arms and want to run the pastor off. Say, we don't like him. He's he's this and he's that and he's not the other thing. And so uh, we're going to get a coup going and get rid of him. Well, you've got to be a little careful there because, you know, you're getting into an area that you don't have the authority to choose. Amen. It says God gave some. God has filled these positions. And even if you think that God missed it. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be wise to advise him on that. Amen. And you say, well, what do we do? What, what does the church do if the pastor is off and he's in sin and he's doing this and that and so forth? Well, for the congregation, our, our job is to pray for that situation and say, Lord, if something needs to be, and always done in love because, you know, if somebody's floundering and, and lost as a goose. They're trying to lead everybody. The, the, the blind leading the blind, everybody falls in the ditch. But that would be, Lord, this man or this woman needs your touch. They need something. They need uh, even an intervention. But it's not our place to be the interveners. Amen. But to pray for that pastor of that situation. Amen. And um, it would really be better for a person to choose a different church than to stay someplace and stir up strife and cause a cause a split. Amen. So first of all, we need to start in our hearts with you do realize that when I preach in this sanctuary, I'm preaching beyond our four walls over that camera there. So, you know, so you say, well, why is he saying all this? This isn't necessary for our church. But it's necessary for the body of Christ that we speak the word as it goes forth. Amen. And, uh, you know, we might be a little more recognizable after this month. We, we were in, uh, Brother Copeland's magazine this, this month, the May issue coming up. And, uh, so praise the Lord with six pages I counted of our testimony and pictures and, uh, Blanche the Bulldog is in there too. So, uh, you know, sometimes people, I've already gotten some messages from new folks who got the magazine already, and then they looked us up on Facebook and they're making the connection. So, you know, sometimes we're speaking to a larger group, is what I'm trying to say, than what's just sitting here. And this is the trend, and I think it's a wonderful trend. Praise God. All right, I'm going to get this said if it hair lips the devil. Um, so you have, you have these, these offices, and the reason I'm saying is that we're used to, on the office of pastor, uh, we are used to listening to our own pastor, 
amen, uh, or your own pastor, uh, and, and respecting that authority, respecting that anointing, and we kind of know automatically just how to receive from this person. We know how to connect with that. And then we'll have in maybe another pastor or somebody that stands in the pastor's office to minister, and we can be guarded. We can go, well, I don't know, you know, and, and, uh, but if we have a, another pastor minister here, and that's their main office, um, then we need to receive, for, let them pastor us. Amen. Feed us. Feed like the sheep. Uh, in that particular time frame. Amen. In that setting, let, let them do what they are called to do. Don't shut it down. Amen. And that would be the same for an evangelist or whatever. I had some word of faith people and I am, I am the word of faith. I mean, I, we were having Brother Hagen in our church before there was a movement of the word of faith. He didn't, we didn't even identify it. That was the name of his magazine, you know, the Word of Faith. And so, uh, I am Word of Faith, so I'm not an outsider being critical, but I'm an insider looking at maybe some areas that we, we could have done better. But, uh, boy, you know, you just can, sometimes you could go to a place and they could be resistant, uh, even to scripture. You say, we're gonna read Mark 11:23, and all of a sudden it's like anger. You know, we don't want to hear name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. Like one sister said, don't name it, don't claim it, and don't get it either. You know, but anyway. <laughs> so we want to connect and and hear. But anyway, I, I remember when Brother Shambach started being used a little bit in a larger circle than just Pentecostal. Because, I mean, he had the Pentecostal of Pentecostals coming out to his tent meeting. I saw hairdos that I hadn't seen in 40 years. Blocking, you can't even see, you know, for the Tower of Babel hair reaching the heavens. And and others' hair all the way down their back. And, you know, I'm thinking, where did these people come from, you know? And it's a certain sort of subculture group that... Basically followed any tent revival in town. They'd come out, you know. But he started getting in little larger circles. And thank God for TBN. They put him on the air a lot. And so I had word of faith people ask me, is he right? And I said, what is the premise for your question? Are you listening to the message? Are you seeing the results? Well, the way he yells and the way he and that organ music and tambourines and all that that was a culture they didn't recognize you understand if you're from first presbyterian you don't recognize tent revival culture it's a different world and the charismatic movement for the for the big part came from uh mainstream denominations and they had never seen somebody do the chicken dance on the platform or up the aisle or whatever. And the way Brother Shambach preached, I said, it's his style that bugs you, isn't it? And they said, well, I, Brother Hagen doesn't act like that. And I'm thinking, well, it's a different office. It's, a, it's the evangelist. I said, how many evangelists have you been around? Well, in the Word of Faith movement, hardly any, because we didn't produce a lot of those. We, we, we were great at producing pastors and teachers. And some apostles in the sense of, of missionaries that went and established things. But very few real 
kick the devil in the teeth evangelist. Amen. So when you'd get one, I, I know this from personal experience, when you'd get one, people would start shutting down on that office and then they wonder why they don't have the same results. But if you shut down on that office, you're not going to get the full benefit of it. Amen. Just because you don't like that style. Well, there's certain styles of preaching that go with the office. For example, the office of prophet can really be a strange. There can be some strange birds in office of prophet. Amen. And the way they do it, the way they deliver it, and then they'll... Some of them make the mistake of thinking that they're going to teach with it and the teaching is crazy. And you're going, oh, this can't be right because of this wacky teaching. And it's like, well, maybe the prophet needs to calm down and not try to teach. But oftentimes you have the combination, like in Kenneth Hagin's case, where you have the office of prophet joined with the office of teacher. And that was beautiful because he could he could uh, prophesy and give out tremendous words, tremendous leadership for the church body as a whole, and then go back and teach on what he just gave out, and it'd be spot on. Amen. That was very strong combination but sometimes you'll get a prophet and that's all they are is a prophet and the ones that recognize that won't try to press into another office uh it's it's can be a disaster for a prophet to try to found and start and lead a church (laughs) that can be really be a mess because you know they they know everything about everybody and they're trying to oh my gosh you know it could just be something else it's not to say it can't happen amen you getting anything out of this? So how to receive a ministry gift. Um, we've got one coming up, Pat Harrison, who really stands in the office of pastor, even though she's not currently pastoring. And um, then also into the office of prophet like her father. Amen. So if we'll recognize that gift. Now, she's she's liable to minister a lot differently than the way that Pastor Scarlett and I minister. Amen. And um, you'll see that, and it's it's easy to shut down on that. I'm not I'm not really a concerned here. I just felt like I needed to preach this. But um, you know, well, if we're not careful, we'll go. Well, I've never heard anybody speak in tongues in that way, or give out a message in that way, or laugh in the spirit in the way that that Sister Pat does. But if you'll go with it and be open to it. And, and, and really open your heart wide. I would, we wouldn't bring her here if we thought she was a nut. Do you understand? Um, so, <laughs> hallelujah. So, uh, or somebody else. We wouldn't bring them if we thought they were something was wrong with them. And actually, it's disrespectful to the local pastor if they bring in a gift and the congregation shuts them down. That's, that's really like saying we know better than the pastor what we need. And so why have a pastor? Why not just have a, why not just have a Christian coffee group? You understand? So, um, and that's what some churches have become. And then the pastor walks around on eggshells afraid he's going to offend someone and can never even fully engage in that office, much less anybody else. Preach pastor! Let us have it. Both barrels. Anyway, you can see all these. We won't take time today to go through what all they do and different things. But, as I was mentioning, the Bollingers, who have been so gracious, and others, 
to um, fill the pulpit here, uh, the offices that they stand in. They, they've been seasoned pastors and ministers for many years, and I know that they step over into the office of prophet also. Amen. And so if you receive somebody like that, amen, when they're, when they're ministering, um, they, they're freer to do what they're called to do. Amen. And then the congregation is more blessed and everybody gets blessed. Praise God forevermore. Uh, also, it's a good idea, you know, when we're having guests in and, and, um, Again, this goes without saying here, but just thought I'd mention it. Sometimes folks wonder, well, why don't we just all just hang together the entire time and, you know, spend all the time eating and carrying on? And it's because that you're going to shut down that office, especially prophetic, because you, they don't need to be told in advance what everybody's problems are. Exactly. And I've I've seen it where, you know, or guest speaker come in not at this church but others get a guest speaker come in and people want a private consultation with that guest speaker to tell them all their problems well i used to say they'd come to me and say well will you meet with somebody and i would say no why well because i want to hear by the spirit i'm going to be giving out i know how the lord uses me i'm going to be giving out a word of knowledge i'm going to be give, uh, calling forth things and it needs to be a supernatural information, not because, you know, Sister Bucket Mouth told everybody, <laughs> amen, <laughs> what was going on. Now, that one couple there, they're not right. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> you know, blabbermouth. And then you even if you hear a word from the Lord for that person you would feel constrained to give it out because you think, I have foreknowledge of this. Then you're confused. Is this from the Lord or is this because Sister Bucketmouth got me before the service? Amen. And then, I don't know if people realize this. My father got told this, and I know it's true from personal experience. Folks wonder why, you know, uh, sometimes a guest minister doesn't want to hang with everybody. I'll tell you, it takes a lot out of you to minister. Uh, past, uh, a doctor, uh, a, a medical doctor told my father way back in the 60s, uh, he was having some health concerns and he said, people don't realize this, but he says, you, especially you Pentecostal guys, he says, the way you preach and the way, in fact, that you connect to the divine power of God, he was a believer, he said, it's like, 40 minutes in the pulpit is equals to 8 to 10 hours of manual labor outside during the day. And see, and folks don't realize that. Well, what do you have to do? You get up and you give a little talk for a half hour or 40 minutes and an hour at the most and and the big deal. And, but you you got to understand, we're not up here just reading the Reader's Digest. We are ministering... Uh, as the oracles of God. And if we're not, then we shouldn't be up here. Amen? And so there is an anointing. I tell you, there's times that I, uh, the minute that I step out of the pulpit, and, you know, maybe go back to my office or whatever, I'm energized, I'm ready to, I don't know, do what? Run a marathon or a half one at least, I think. 
until that anointing lifts off of me and I am absolutely exhausted. Just, just done. And so a lot of times folks don't understand that, that, that have not stood to minister, that don't understand the way the anointing works and can get their feathers ruffled a little over that, you know, and I know we had a guy here uh, when Brother Copeland was here. I'll just be open and honest about it. We had Brother Copeland for our building dedication, and there was a, a one man in particular who was offended that Brother Copeland didn't just hang around. And I said, are you kidding? He just got through ministering, I don't know how many days in a row in Orlando, and then he had to catch his plane and get home because he had to go on to the next meeting. And folks just don't understand how the anointing works, amen? This this office of ministry uh, and, and uh, of pastor, evangelist, teacher, etc., is, is, it isn't like any of us just chose this as a vocation on job day at the high school. You understand? Well, you could be a welder, or you could be an attorney, or you could be a plumber, or you could be a pastor. Oh, that sounds interesting. I'll just be a pastor. Well, I think there's probably some that have maybe chosen a chosen vocation. But for me, anyway, and I know for, for Scarlett and, and, and others, it was a calling from God. Amen. And, and an equipping and an anointing from God. And uh, what was it we read about Oral Roberts? People don't realize the price that's paid. Oral Roberts, uh, was it was it his shoulder or something had gotten out of whack from praying for the sick so much? Is that true? I, I think, he, yeah, rotator cuff damage because of laying hands on so many sick people to pray for the sick. And see, nobody, nobody is... It, he even knows something like that would happen. He, he, it wasn't reported because he was complaining. He was, it's just the facts that that's what happened. And so it does take a toll. And that's why we do everything we can to, to, when people come to minister, we put them in the best place we can find. We feed them the best food we can find. And we treat them with honor and respect. In fact, the Bible says, to treat them with double honor, and we do everything that we can to do that. Amen? And um, and uh, we always will, if I'm in charge, that's what we're going to do. Praise the Lord. And to do our best to... Uh, because, I'll tell you what, it'll make a difference in the meeting. I've been to churches where I walked in the back door and nobody even knew I was coming, and... and uh, They'd say, I'd say, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm the guest speaker, and oh, what's your name? Well, just sit here on the back pew, and then, you know, not they don't offer you a place to be before the service, and then the greeter committee lines up, you know, to hand, wants you to fill out a visitor's card, and they say, wait, 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 I'm the guest speaker, I'm supposed to be preaching here today, and so, it, you know, just no preparation, no honor, no respect, nothing. And then you're supposed to get up and minister after that. I'm telling you, it, you, you, you'll have a meeting of some kind, but it won't be what it could have been Amen. had there been some some honor and respect. Amen? So you almost want to think about it as if the president was coming or if, uh, you know, the governor 
or somebody like that, how would we want to greet that person and treat them and behave? Amen? Praise the Lord. Is this helping anyone? How to receive a ministry gift. So if we'll open up our heart and say, okay, think, brain, you know, this is a pastor of a great church. He's going to, I'm going to let him pastor me for that moment. Amen? Amen. Feed the sheep. Amen. Or a Bible teacher. Or uh, a prophet. Amen. Open up. And it's not just... Give me a word, 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 give me a word. You know, that can be put out there. Kenneth Hagin used to say, I'm actually getting confused in my own spirit because there's I'm getting pulled on for a word so bad that I can't even hear what I'm supposed to be hearing. So there's that. We don't want to be that person, but yet we want to say, Lord, if... You have anything for me special. I am open to it. I am here to receive. I am here to be a part of what you're doing. Praise God. Now let's see what all these gifts are for. Because I had, when I was out on the evangelistic field so, so heavy, I had some people tell me I didn't belong in the church at all. I should just be out on the street or in my tent. But that's not what the scripture says. There is a ministry of the evangelist for the body of Christ. And so anyway, we have that for the perfecting of the saints. How many want to be perfected in Christ? Amen. That doesn't mean like we think of the word perfect has kind of gotten a bad rap. But it means the maturing of the saints or the completion of the saints. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Sounds good to me. The protecting of the, for the perfect, that wasn't other tongues. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, the building up of the body. Amen. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Wow, it's a mouthful. That we henceforth, from here on out, be no more children. In other words, we grow up. So bringing in the special giftings and so forth helps us to grow up. Amen? Amen. Now, there are churches that I know of that are, I mean, big mega churches. They never have in a guest minister. Just like never, like ever, (laughs) you know? And I always think there's something wrong with that. It's, 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 well, it's the, because they say, well, the guy has, has a TV series or whatever. But I just still think that you're missing, that they're missing something. Because you can't be all things to, to everybody. Only Christ can be that. And that's expressed through these five offices. I tell you, most church, I'm, even, I, the, ah, the trend is, it drives me nuts. The, that's a bad confession. The the trend is, uh, in especially with the the new seeker style services and everything, they never have any gift in but pastor. That's it. 
And uh, you, when you ask them about it, they, they say, well, we'll have to get back with you. And I'm still waiting. <laughs> Holding my breath, turning purple. But we need all of them. We're going to have all of them demonstrated here in Jesus' name. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And so we, we want all that. And then we're down here in verse 14 that we be no more children. Why? Because if we're children, we are susceptible to this. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. That's scary. Because some of it's wick, wacky. Wick, wicked, I started to say. That's true. Some of it's wacky. By the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Now, nobody wants to be deceived. Or nobody wants to be taken advantage of or ripped off in some way or whatever. And so we have to be careful. And so if we're not children, we're wiser and um, and more blessed, whatever. Amen. Speaking the truth in love may grow up, grow up. Everybody say grow up. Time to grow up, isn't it? Into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase, everybody say increase, of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Amen. A lot of words there. In other words... These five offices, if, if if presented and received from, causes us to grow up. Yes. Amen. Amen. Right. And uh, sometimes, I think pastors are aware of this, sometimes in certain congregations and groups, you'll discover not everybody wants to grow up. <laughs> yes. And uh, you bring in a special gift and they... Say something. Listen, folks, we're tough. Somebody says something that doesn't sound like our pastor. Doesn't, doesn't sound like what we normally say. Aren't we mature enough to just absorb it and go on in love? Does it have to cause a major catastrophe and a breakdown? And, and so you can say, you can kind of see who the children, sometimes you'll have a ministry gift in and you'll see who the children are. By who gets mad and leaves after the special gift. And it's like, well, I didn't agree with something that was said. I can't go back to church there. Well, dear God, I hope you find the perfect church that I, they always say it exactly like you like it. Uh, and keep searching because they're not out there. Because guess what? We're all humans. And uh, like my friend Mark Brzee said, he said, sometimes it's not as much a contrad contradiction as you think it is it's just looking at it from another angle so it's like a diamond is faceted and so if you look at it from this angle you're liable to get some kind of you know from the sunshine you might see a a yellow like the spectrum the color you'll see a yellow light or a blue and you turn it around another shadow and you get red or something popping off of that diamond 
And so it's just, it's coming up the other side of the mountain, we could say. If you go up the one side of the mountain, it looks like a gradual incline. And you get on the other side, and it's a drop-off. Amen. Am I making any sense? But we need to be open. And what if we say, well, pastor, what if we hear something that's completely against the way we believe? Like I said, you just forgive it and walk in love. Amen. If it's extreme, trust the leadership of the church to deal with it. Maybe if maybe in the weeks to come, we'll teach on what was said and and straighten it out. Amen. Or show you where that idea came from. And to to, to so that we just keep on. Brother Hagin said, if you walk in love, love will swallow it all up. Amen. Just walk in love, learn how to deflect, learn how to overlook, and um, and and uh, the blessings of the Lord will continue to flow. What's what we don't want to do is she shut down and put the brakes on. My mother used to say, "Well, they put the brakes on that service." And what she meant was that something was said, something was done. Uh, it could even be the wrong hairdo. Or the, in, in, in Pentecost, the too much knee is showing. Can't receive, I see a knee. We all know God hates knees with a passion. He doesn't want to show any, any, any knee. Unless they're on the floor praying or something. But anyway, you know, praise God. <laughs> you know, I've seen folks shut down because they would ask, who's that guy got credentials with? And if it's not with our group, then they, oh, what is he doing here? I'll tell you a story, Brother Hagen. One thing about Brother Hagen that was so great is he wanted the whole body of Christ blessed at once. And he really didn't care what group you were from or whatever. Let's just, let's just walk in unity of the faith. Amen. Well, there was this church in a certain city, and they they had gotten into a certain group of uh, charismatic movement that was raising some eyebrows and some questions. And um, so they really weren't our group, if you know what I mean, called Not Our Flow. They were in another flow. And... Uh, a friend of ours asked Brother Hagen, said uh, something about the weekend or where you're going. He says, well, I'm going to this city. He named it. I'm not going to name it, so give, it, give away the church. He says, I'm going to this place. And uh, so what are you doing there? Well, I'm going to preach. And he named the pastor he was going to preach for. Well, my friend, our friend said, what are you going there? They're not word of faith. They don't believe like you, like you preach. What are you going there for? And Brother Hagin about bit his head off, rightfully so. He said, they're a part of the body of Christ. They asked me to come. Maybe I can help them. Did you ever think of that? And uh, he said, I stand corrected. And Brother Hagin went on and he taught there and they had a great meeting and the mutual blessing to everybody. Amen. Uh, I had a, I had a, there was a woman that, was doing some meetings and around the country and especially in Tulsa. And, uh, the Lord had, you know, kind of connected our hearts a little bit. And 
she asked me to come do some meetings with her. Well, I knew this person was controversial, and uh, they didn't really like a lot of a lot of word folks didn't like her because she didn't fit the mold. You know, she what she she put a toe outside the box, and her meetings were a little strange, and they had weird music, and you know. Some weirdos doing some weird things. But anyway, she was pretty solid. But she invited me to come do some meetings with her. So I did. And you can't believe the persecution that came against me just because I was guest speaking with this. Well, let me tell you what happened as a result of me going there. The last meeting that I did with her in Tulsa, praise the Lord, God's holy city. Um, the last meeting that I did there with her. Uh, Kenneth Copeland's daughter, Terry, showed up with some friends to the meeting because they had heard this meeting was going on, showed up, heard me minister, and invited me to come to Eagle Mountain Church. And I preached 18 meetings at Kenneth Copeland's property. As a result of, if I had not been there at that time, at that, the weirdo meeting, that's what everybody thought, then I would have not had the opportunity, the Lord, to showcase my ministry and get the invitation. And then from that, I was able to establish a relationship with that family. Here's years later, you know, Brother Copeland's dedicating our building, and we're in the magazine this month. So this is why I don't make a very good company man. Because I, you know, you have to risk leprosy to go, if you go, if you go to the leper colonies, you gotta risk, you get, you, you maybe are running a risk of leprosy. And so if you get political leprosy in the, in a group, uh, they'll put pressure on you to, to just be a clone. But you know, we don't need any more clones. We don't need any more Somebody said, be yourself, everybody else is taken. I love that. We don't need any more clones. I don't need to be to try. I had I had guys working for me that said, you need to be more like this minister, more like that one. Preach this style. Stop that. The things you say are horrible and whatever. And I just, and I try to pull, reel it in a little bit. And then there went my anointing when I would do it. And nothing happened. I just said, you know, just forget it. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to let God use me the way he uses me. And if y'all don't like it, go talk to him about it. Because i that's all I can do. Amen. Amen. Well, that's what we want. We don't want to put the brakes on anybody. We want, when Sister Pat comes or others, we want to, we want them to, God to use her in the biggest way possible. How many agree with that? Amen. Amen. And say, we are open. To the ministry gift that is is operating in her. So I'm telling you this to give you a little two week, you know, up, up, whatever, heads up of how to pray for the meeting. Amen. Let's pray that God will use Dr. Pat Harrison and our special singers and people that are coming just in the fullest way. I would be happy if we if a revival started here and we went for a year. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm hungry yes. for a move of God. Yes. Well, you know, I don't have time to 
be seeker sensitive or or I want to be Holy Ghost sensitive. What if we started that trend? Instead of seeker sensitive, how about God sensitive? That would be nice for a change. Just saying. Praise the Lord. So I think we ought to pray right now. We'll end the service in prayer. And, and I'm going to ask Pastor Scarlett to come lead that prayer. Amen. If you, oh, you got a mic. And, um, and uh, pray for the meeting and pray for uh, Dr. Pat and the singers and everybody.